Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, do you hear me? Yes? Okay, good, good. Thank you so much for being with me tonight. And um, Happy New Jewish Year to every, you, to every one of you. I hope that our last class uh, really helped you to understand a little bit uh, what Rosh Hashanah is, because Rosh Hashanah is, as we said, it's a Bnei Noach issue. It's not only, uh, it's not uh, for Jews, it's, it's for Israel, it's for, for all, all the nation, because this is anniversary of Adam creation. So whatever we learn in our classes actually pertain to, to finally will culminate in one day with God's help, to establish Rosh Hashanah holiday for all the nations, for all the Bnei Noach, uh, and for actually all mankind. So let's say, uh, I'm really glad to see everybody here, Wayne, and Mary, Dale and Catherine, uh, Miriam and Yaakov, I seeing you again, Glenn and Michelle, Jim and Lori and Linda Flora. I hope one day we'll meet again, meet uh, in a convention or somewhere and we'll see you face to face. Um, please pose a question again if you have any question for me. Uh, you can pose it now and I'll try to address it while we talk. Fine, so uh, let's uh, kind of uh, put ourselves uh, into the mood again, as we always do, rather than jumping right away. Uh, let's kind of put in perspective where where are we? Where what exactly what we are, are we doing here in our classes? So our topic is actually, if you remember, the the class, the headline of the class is Seven Commandments of Noah, and that's our topic. And we only started with the with the first one, which is idolatry, because simply that's the first one. It's not only because it's the first one, but as we mentioned, if you violate adultery, you will violate all of them. But we are focusing now on adultery, on the first one. And uh, as we always said, in order to understand what adultery is, we need to understand the Creator, we need to understand ourselves, and we need to understand the difference. And as, as you see, as we learn more and more, you really are, I think you can appreciate the, this motto, this kind of theme. To understand the Creator, to, to, understand, to understand ourself, and the difference. After all, we are born in His image. So if we are His image, so what's the difference between us? So we need to know Him, we need to know understand. And only that can help us to get to, to win our trial. And uh, the last few ver the, the last the last few section uh, session we we actually focused focusing on the on this verse that describe our creation. Let us make Adam in our form in our language. And we also we we agree that uh, this language is a is not a commandment. You know, and during the, uh, the first chapter is full of commandment. Let it be light. Let it, let the let the luminary hang. He was a tyrant. 
So he gave, he created everything. Elohim created everything with thirty, with the, so many commandments. His name appears thirty-two times. It left, but he never consulted anyone. He just gave commandment. But when he came to Adam, he said, "Let us make Adam in our form," which is not the language of command, but it's a. Is he begging anyone? We discuss it. Is it consulting anyone? Uh, and what for? Who is greater than him? Who is lower than him? And why, why is all? Why do we need to do, to know all that before before our making? So we started with the with so far we learned two con about he consulted many. And uh, so far we have learned to make us. So so for so far we have learned only two. Two, two such consultation, the consultation with the uh, with the merciful one, and we spend a lot. This took uh, this gave us opportunity to learn what the merciful one is, what the acronym is, what the Sabbath is, where it come from, and uh, what the trial was. We learn a lot about about the the merciful one. And he consulted her or him, but we, we use the, the female. Nobody should think about the, the merciful one as a female, or, or him as a male. It's just illust illustrative uh, point to, to see how we, we talk about the bride, the groom and the bride, and so forth. But sometimes in the Zohar, the gender actually changes. It depends on the topic, it depends on the metaphor that you like to use. But uh, so he consulted the groom consulted with the with the uh, with the merciful one. We talked that said, let us make men. We discussed the implication of all that a little bit, what it meant, how the cherub consolidated the world, and how in how they united together and they consulted each other to make Adam. Each one will contribute to Adam his own features, so to speak. Elohim will bring to, into Adam things from this world, uh, from earth, from to, how to be successful in this world, in, on earth, in this universe, whereas uh, Hashem, the merciful one, actually is going to insert into Adam things that are not found in the universe, like mercy, compassion, and so on. It's not like inherent in, in, in nature around us. So that they, they discussed that consultation, and we saw about we saw how Adam called uh, the, his father and mother called him called them uh, the king. And we discussed it last time what it means kingship. Kingship is consultation. So we, we had a lot of discussion of the first consultation, and then we went to the second consultation with the angels, which is actually, if you think about the first one. With the merciful one is a, with another attribute, which is either higher than Elohim or equal to Elohim. It's a whole issue uh, how the how the two two attributes how they relate to each other. We haven't entered that discussion yet. If there is a if you can say that one attribute is holier or greater than the other, that's another question. But at le at least if they were equal, and but then. The, the the consultation with the angel with the angel it must be the lower one, the lower consultation of in level of all because after all what is what are the angel if not his own messenger, so it looked like he consulted with himself almost because the mess the, the the angels doesn't have don't have any power on their own. 
So we learn about the, the highest consultation and the lowest consultations. And as we learned last time, and he discussed with the, with the uh, angels, Elohim asked them, would you agree that I will make Adam? And most of them, most of the angels objected from one reason or the other, you know. Remember, each, each angel was in charge of something, and they all, and they, each one saw what Adam can do, the opposite, what it should be done. Let's remember that. Each angel saw that the Adam can do the opposite of, of what, what he should be done. Let's say Raphael, the angel Raphael was in charge of uh, healing. He said Adam would spread disease. And the Gabriel, the angel of uh, mighty sword, said Adam will, instead of bringing peace, he will wage war. So each one saw in, in, in Adam uh, the, the opposite of what he should be done. And so they are, they dis, some of them agree, some of them disagreed, but finally they all turn to, to Elohim and ask him, uh, uh, why do you consult with us at all? Why, what's the point in consulting us? Aren't we your, your, your uh, faithful messenger who have no opinion of our own? We have no opinion. We are your puppet. Why do you consult with us? That's what the, the story that Rashi brings. And Elohim, Elohim gave him the, the answer that became very famous. And you, you, you walk in, in the street of Jerusalem, just stop any child that learns in school and ask him, what did Elohim say to the angel when he, when he said, let us make man? So the old, the old children, grade first or two and above, will tell you the story of, of Rashi. It brings the, that Elohim said, I consulted you nevertheless, to teach Adam modesty. To teach him that the superior should consult with inferior. Uh, I want him to make a king on earth, and he should know how to rule. Not to rule as a tyrant, as I've been so far, but to rule with consultation, as, as I am now, as a king. So we, that's, if, if Adam will do that, in a democratic, rule the world in a democratic way, uh, then you can succeed. You can, can be successful and, and reach the Sabbath. Win is, a, win is a trial. And we discussed the implication of that to, to the concept of tyranny, the concept of democracy in the Torah, and we saw that actually here the Torah elevate democracy to almost a religious, religious dictum. There is no other I don't think there is any other religion on earth or tradition on earth that can do that, that does that. In Greek, they only discover democracy and they call it democracy, but uh, after Democritus. But uh, hundreds of years earlier, uh, Moses and uh, the Torah actually speak about the king, kingship, which is a democratic, because the, the very verb, the very verb, a king to king to consult, Nimlach is to consult. Nimlach is becoming a throne. The, the Nimlach is also the same word as to consult. So who is a king? The one who consult. It's not the one who has a sword or the crown, but the one who consult. We have the mouth. And we actually in Kabbalah, kingship is mouth. That's uh, 
that's a very striking feature that only Judaism they have it. There is no other tradition on earth that can say that. So Elohim wanted to, to teach that important message to Adam. So he consulted with the angel to teach them the art of, of consultation, how to rule. And uh, to be modest. So the angel, so to speak, turned to him and said, Well, aren't you, are you speaking to us in plural? Aren't you afraid that idolatrous people who take that plural, plural voice, take that language as a sign that there is more than one creator? How can you speak to us in plural? You know, in the entire Torah, Elohim or Hashem never, almost never speak in plural, only in two or three places, and each place is very unique. So here Elohim speaks instead of one, instead of a singular, he speaks, let us make man in our form. So why do you dare, why do you speak to us in, in, in plural? Of course you, want to, you do that because you want to teach us modesty, but at the same time you open the door for idolaters. So Hashem, Hashem, Elohim answered to them, never, I, I ask you, I consult with you, because modesty, in my opinion, is more important than, than uh, idolatry. I, I want to teach him modesty. And, in, and to teach that, I have no choice but to speak in plural, and I take the risk that idolatry will, will exist. So here we finally, we suddenly come the first time ever, uh, that uh, that all, that uh, the concept of of of, of uh, idolatry, which is our, our topic, and here, uh, here as Elohim speak to the angel, it looked like inadvertently, as in without any uh, unintentionally, Elohim opened the door to idolaters. To, to, to say that, well, you know, maybe there is more than one, one Creator. Precisely because he wanted to teach Adam modesty and kingship, precisely because of that, when he became a king, he allowed more idolatry to enter people's mind. So the, the kingship and modesty uh, and idolatry all came together bound together to, to earth. Because of his modesty, people might err to think that there is more than one creator and uh, or that Elohim is not really powerful because he's speaking plural and he needs some partners. That's what Rashi is telling us. Elohim took the risk of existing of idolaters in order to, to teach us modesty and kingship. Uh, I wanted kind of to make the point how it works. Now you can see the same logic in daily life. Like a person is a, a modest person is often perceived by others, especially if they are wicked ones, <coughs> they perceive him as a very a wicked person because he's modest. Well, they, they try to take advantage of him. And uh, and, uh, and you know, in our society, we live in society that it says in the jungle you need to, you, you, you need to look mean. If you don't, if you don't look uh, rough, people can eat you up. 
for lunch. So because the, uh, to, you, in, in, once people perceive you as a modest, well, they jump on you. And uh, in democratic government, uh, another example, a democratic government like the United States is often perceived by, by, the, by the opponents, we know, all know who they are, they think that America is weak. Uh, and how miscalculation, how big cal miscalculation it is because tyranny uh, can look good and it can be good at best, but democracy as we learn, democracy is very good. So democracy can always, should always win uh, the tyranny in, 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 con in, in clash, but, but, uh, but the, the perception uh, when you perceive as a weak, as a modest, it, all kind of wicked people can take advantage of you. And that's exactly what happened here, so to speak, when Hashem, when Elohim, uh, the, the, the former tyrant, that an angel used to see him as a tyrant, suddenly turned around and he speak to them, not let it be light, let it be luminaries, uh, and he speaks, let us, let you and me make, make Adam. Oh, so people can, can perceive it, this, this, this modesty open, open the door for, for idolaters to, to jump on and say, oh, Elohim is not, is weak, he's not the Almighty, and he needs part, he discuss, because he needs partners. So his, his power is limited, and so suddenly, let's sum up, let's sum up what idolaters, according to this story, which is a prime, you know, the rule is, when the concept appeared the first time in the Torah, uh, you can find, there you can seek and find everything you need to know about it. So here, the first time Torah talk about idolatry right where we are born, when the message is that we are born into stand the idolatry trial, because it's right there where we are born, no other place. And, and, it's, and it's connected to kingship. And it tells you right away what idolatry is in the eyes of the Torah. So you see, uh, if, I, if I ask you a minute ago what idolaters are, you would say, oh, idolaters are worship idols like uh, stone and wood, and, and they do this, and they do that, and they dance around fire, and they throw the children to the fire. Well, that we'll talk about this kind of idolatry is actually foolish idolatry. It's a, it's a, it's a derivative of foolishness. It's called logical error of misidentification. Or it's a, it's a very late development. That's what, that's kind of transient idolatry, and it actually doesn't exist with us anymore. Nobody really in, in his mind is going to worship or bow to a stone and idol anymore. But we have what the Torah, the Torah is eternal, and the Torah, and, and, and the Torah is, a, is eternal, so he speaks, she speaks about eternal idols, because otherwise there wouldn't be a commandment idolatry, idolatry commandment is eternal for all generations. So the, the, we are talk, when the Torah talks about idolaters, 
is idolaters in every generation regardless of development. We can be on the Mars next week, next year, with the rockets and the science, with all the computers, we still have idolatry. Uh, we, won't, we, we will never worship uh, the stone and, uh, and throw the children to the fire, I guess, or worshiping, worshiping the star and the moon. Uh, excuse me, hello? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm in the middle of the class. Call me, call me by an hour later. Okay, bye. Uh, so, uh, I'm so, uh, so let's let's go back. So the idolaters, which are eternal idolaters, now uh, summarize according to what we have learned so far. They might think, first of all, number one, Elohim is not the Almighty Ruler. It he looks like a weak. He has no why consult with anybody? You know, he's a modest. Well, let's take advantage of him. He's not. He's a more. He's, he's something wrong with him. He's not a fearful tyrant that uh, sits on the throne with a sword. No, no. He's consulting with modesty. Oh, maybe he's, he's, he's weak. You know, certain people can idolaters can 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 take it as a weakness, and uh, and that's idolatry. Or they can derive number two, Elohim needs partner because they, uh, he consulted somebody, a real partner. Not He doesn't consult because of modesty, he consults because he needs them. Or number three, Elohim consults his power, the partner for sharing the power because they might, these partners really might have really, power, uh, really uh, power, so they, he needs need them consultation. So, so far, this is the beginning of what we can think what adultery is. A derivative of kingship, derivative of, of the fact that Elohim was so modest, and he relinquished his power, so to speak, and he set, stepped down from the throne of, of, of tyranny, and he became a king who consulted. And by being kind enough and to talk nicely, he opened the door for the, all these dogs to bark at him. And to say, well, you know, uh, maybe you are this and that and that. You know, we need partners. So who are the candidates to be the partners? That's also important. Who are those idols that uh, people can turn to and worship? First of all, and that's the foremost number one, is anyone with whom Elohim consulted with Adam creation, upon Adam creation, uh, this any entity that he consulted with is a candidate to be such a for such a, a partner. So there are the, the number. There is a whole list of of consultation that we did, we haven't learned so far. We learned only the first two: Hashem, Yudhevavke. So the fact that he consulted it, maybe maybe it's better to worship Hashem. Rather than Elohim, maybe we should forget about Elohim and, and only, only, uh, only worship Hashem, uh, the Merciful One. Uh, that's that's the that's what the uh, the idolaters may think because he consulted her. So if he consulted her, she is superior. Well, I'm not gonna fool with the inferior. I'm gonna go straight to the superior. Enosh, by the way, had done that. We'll learn about Enosh. 
or they can, or, or another partner is the angel himself. You know, people think, oh, he consulted with the angels. So sim it's sim simply because uh, they have power. That's another, another, uh, another derivative of Enosh error. And a lot, uh, people today worship and uh, pray to angels, which is forbidden because the angels have no power. But that's called partnership. In fact, any other entity, number three here, any other ent entity with which Elohim consulted prior to making Adam can be candidate. So there are a list of other candidate uh, entities. So he consulted, let's say, creation, uh, wisdom, science, passion. He made Adam. We will, we will learn in due course all the other consultations. You see how important the consultations are because each consultation is a whole world. It, it has a shine, the whole riff implication and, and light on Torah and meaning in our life, and it, it tells you what, what the Torah is all about. So we will, we will learn about each consultation, and each one is a potential idol. Because he's a partner with Elohim, Elohim consulted it. So the daughters can say, oh, he consulted it, so this guy must have a very, very powerful meaning. So let's go to Let's go and address him rather than Elohim. Elohim is fearful judge, and why, why, why shouldn't I go straight to, to the merciful one? I ask the merciful one to, to, to stop it, to, stop, to, to put his hand, her hand on him in my behalf. I should address my prayer to her rather than him, and so forth. Or I can address other, other power that he, he apparently needed them, so they have some leverage with him. So maybe I can ask them. So that's the uh, partnership that idolatry. But here I say there are other possible partners beside the consultation, any false god. I can be, I can believe in, I can be a Moabite and believe in Moabite and come to the land of Israel and I can be fascinated by the Torah. But I can say, okay, I, I, I believe I bring with me my, her my Moabite heritage and tie together with the Elohim and the Torah, and I kind of make, make a mishmash of that, and this will be my face, because I don't want to forsake my, my old tradition, but uh, I, I believe in the Torah, I believe in Elohim, everything, I love it, I kiss the Torah, I dance with it, I hug it, I cry with it, but also I don't want to forsake my, my tradition. That's called partnership. Uh, I put here number one as an example. Malki Tzedek, the king of Shalom, Shalem, when he, uh, that's Genesis there in the story of Abraham, when he met Abraham after he won the war there with the five kings. So he said, Bless Abraham to the supreme God, to supreme El, the owner of heaven and earth. Every word there is very important. When we come to Abraham, we will study the meaning of that. Uh, but uh, uh, he addresses the Elohim here as a supreme God. Uh, so apparently, according to Abarbanel, he he believes in other God. Uh, so so here is Abraham, which is officially Ben Noach at that time, uh, and he didn't hesitate to accept that. He actually dined with him. He loved him. They they, they were very good friends. Malkitzedek. Malkitzedek, by the way was, a, according to one tradition, was a son of Noah. 
So we, oh, that sounds a lot of implication. What does it mean? That do Bnei Noach, Bnei Noach, uh, are, are, are they really obligated to, to believe in pure, pure oneness or, or Elohim, or can they accept partnership? And we discussed it last, last time, last week. We said that it's not the case. They're only not punishable uh, like Israel would. Uh, if Israel believe in partnership, uh, terrible punishment. The Noahide, the, the punishment is less, but uh, of course they accept. They are, they are they are expected to follow Adam and Eve and, and Noah and Nama and Abraham and Jacob and Isaac. They need to follow that and Moses and to believe in oneness. There is no way you can you can teach Noah that yeah you can you can believe in partnership. Oh, so I put there on the top there in the second temple time uh, when people came and tried to fuse Greek and Roman ideas like Son of God and all this thing and, and, and resurrection from 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 from, uh, uh, from Asia uh, from Turkey today. Um, so when they tried to fuse this in with Torah, uh, it's called partnership. So you you don't you cannot do that. You if you do that you 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 create as much as you love the Torah and as much as you uh, you cherish it. And but once you 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 kind of contaminate it so to speak with other gods with other tradition, well, that's partnership. So let me sum up here some of the points that we learned. We said. Idolatry is born by Elohim speaking in plural voice, in modesty. He spoke in plural and he opened the door for idolaters to think that he is uh, more than one. So, number two, idolatry is born by, Elo by Elohim becoming a king who consult. So by him, stepping down from tyranny and becoming a democratic king will consult was the incentive of, 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 of idolatry, open the door for idolatry. People not, they were not afraid of him anymore. And they thought it is weak. And I, number three here, idolatry is a miscalculation that Elohim is weak, that he needs partner. That's number four. So these are the major points, but also I add here, uh, let's remember that idolaters are not wicked. They're only hair. So it's a, it's a miscalculation. So the fact that the Torah, that's a very important point in Torah teaching, that idolaters as such, as not as it's not associated with the practice of cruelty, with the practice of, of killing children and throwing to the fire, with the, pra with the practice of, of a holy prostitution as it was in Canaan, as, as long as they, as they just, if it's just like a logical thing, well, the Torah would, wouldn't, uh, it doesn't fight with that as much as when, it, when it's idolaters, uh, with the practice of idolaters, when it, when it clashes with value, of Hashem Elohim, and become, when people do cruel things, uh, then it becomes, when the, the practice of the worshipping that, 
the, the, the actual worshiping, the practice, is a, this is the point uh, of, of the Torah despise. Of course the Torah wants everyone to know what the Elohim is and to know the truth of her truth, but at the same time she would tolerate, she won't punish somebody who would take partnership and so we believe in partnership or, or even believe in other God as long as he, he doesn't steal, he doesn't commit adultery, he doesn't uh, uh, kill and, uh, and he doesn't it commit, it's living in injustice society, he keep all the same commandment even in, on her own well, he will, she will tolerate it. Now let me make you a little exercise here. It's an important exercise, mental exercise. I put here from number one to number six the title uh, of the of the heavenly title that we learned so far. We learned about, and I ask you which one of the which one of those six titles here the idolaters really reject. And the title go from from the infinite aloof infinite to, down to the closest one on six. So number one is the infinite nameless power beyond our conception. Number two is the creator. Number three is the creator who sat on the throne of Elohim as a judge, as a judge that created the, the sixth day. And then the merciful Hashem that appeared to the world only on the sixth day before our, before our making and she rules the Sabbath. And our Father in Heaven, that's the name that Adam called the, the, the cherubs together. And the king that Adam finally turned on and said, you know, they asked him what name you give us, he said, you are my king. So against whom, uh, whom the, uh, the idolater actually reject? Or the, uh, what, do the, what, what, what kind of title they have problem. So I submit to you, look, the infinite one, the idolaters actually have no relationship to it. No, who cares if the infinite, uh, this is a kind of philosophical, philosophical title, aloof, and you can accept it, you don't accept it, it doesn't make any difference. And the idolaters don't even relate to it. The creator? Well, you know, you can have another story of your creation, but uh, Dorothea, as described here in our, in, in our, in our story, uh, with the angels, they, they don't have any issue with the, the Dorothea don't have issue with the Creator. And they don't even have issue with number three, the, the title Elohim. They don't perceive Elohim as weak, or, or as such, as, as, as the attribute of justice or the attribute of mercy by itself, I don't see it perceived, it's only and not the father. But only when he consulted, when he became a king, he became weak in their eyes. So from all the, from all the, the, uh, the, the, the titles that go down in, in, they go down in power, so to speak, from aloofness, but they become closer and closer to us. So they, interestingly, the idolaters in the eyes of the Torah, the eternal idolaters, are the ones who have trouble with the number six, the kingship. Nobody has a, has a problem with accepting him as a father. 
or uh, well, we love, we love, we all love him. To to to, we say the shame love us. Well, fine. Who, who argue with that? Who reject that? Judge, you believe us? Judge doesn't even want you. It, the judge doesn't even expect you to 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 believe in him or not. He will judge you anyhow. And the creator, the cause of the creator, is too aloof. Who who cares exactly who the creator was? And the infinite is very aloof. So the idolater to practice, to practice idolatry, to really build a temple for him, and to 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 worship him, and to do this and to do this, to allocate money for him and to to sing for him and to chant for him. Uh, we always we, it's only against uh, the kingship, which is a lower title, the, the lowest title of all. So according to what we have seen so far, idolaters err in perception of his kingship. The lowest title, the closest to us. Now, any question for me? Uh, what happens, let me, while you, while you think about question, let me continue. Do you hear me, by the way? Do you hear me all? Oh, okay, good, good. Fine, thank you so much. So you hear me. So now, to make things a little more kind of concrete, let me ask you, what happens, what would happen to those who disobey the king or perceive in a week? What will happen to him? And for that, the Torah, the Torah, uh, the Torah actually uh, allocate or dedicate a whole story just to tell us what will happen to somebody uh, who, who disobey the king. And that's the story of Eden. And the chapter 2, we'll, we'll read, you know, remember in Eden, uh, uh, and Elohim planted, Hashem Elohim, the chapter 2, always uh, the two cherubs appear together the, the first time, and they create Adam from, from dirt, and we, we studied it, how they blew the spirit. So first they, they made him as a, as a dummy from the ground and they blew the spirit into him and we discussed the different level of spirit. Neshama, Ruach, Nefesh, we described it. Look up, look at the previous section. We, we learned a lot already. So uh, the story of Adam in Eden, uh, which one day we'll, we'll dedicate a, a class maybe just for that, for Adam and Eve, that's later on and its message in Adam and Eve in Eden, let's deserve a whole message. Here now we're focusing only on idolatry. So then we said that uh, there is a verse there, the moment, you know, the moment that Adam stood up and he asked him, he gave names, and when he gave names, uh, he gave a name, Elohim asked him, what's my name? He said, Elohim, you are my judge. Merciful one asked him, what's my name? So she, he said, you were, you are, you will be. Uh, I put in the acronym Yud Hey Vav Hey. You are uh, my Hashem. You are the merciful man because you were, you are, you will always be. Fine. Then, then together they ask him, "What is my name? What is our name? What is my name?" Actually, in oneness they ask him. Uh, so he said, that "You are my king because you speak to each other." and you converse with each other, so you are my king, because the king will converse. Immediately they accepted it. How we know that he accepted it? Because it turned around, the next verse, 
and it said Hashem Elohim commanded Adam saying so they planted all kind of trees in Eden and then they say uh, they turn around and say commanded Adam saying from all the trees of the garden you should eat and from the tree of the knowledge of work you shall not eat and, and uh, what commanded here is, is really superfluous especially in Hebrew because it's, it's Sivu, it's Tzav it's uh, never, never, you know, Moses was never Tzav almost never, it's always saying or talk to people of Israel, say to people what is command? Tzivu is a very harsh very harsh, uh, unique word so the rabbi uh, the tradition is, and the Rambam actually bring it up that here it's not only the fruit of the tree that he was ordered but the following six commandments, we already said that idolatry, adultery, bloodshed, theft and injustice, all these six commandments he gave to Adam to Adam without Eve, Eve, Eve was not even born at that time That's, it's a very important point Adam was still alone in Eden and he was given the six commandments of Adam that's how they called to keep where? to keep in Eden in Eden where there is no death no, no, the, the, everything is provided for you free and uh, there is no ownership so let me, so the question is that everybody asks so what, what is this related to Adam in Eden? look at the list uh, adultery well, adultery, you could say, fine, he's going to make Eve for him. And while we, with the other group of Eve, they, and they might have some children, so they will proliferate in Eden. So adultery, the, the concept of marriage, is going to be introduced in a minute in Eden. So right there, uh, so it could be that adultery uh, have some relevance in, in Eden. Could, fine. Well, what about bloodshed? Why should he order Adam and Eve in bloodshed? How can Adam can kill? There is no death in Eden. What about theft? Who is going to steal anything in Eden? Everything is provided you free from you. Everything you need. Why, what, what's, what, there is no ownership in, 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 in Eden. What is injustice? Uh, if there is no ownership and there is no right and no thing, everything, everybody has the same right and nobody can steal anything and do anything to others so what is injustice to do in, uh, in, in Eden and blasphemy in Eden who, who is going to do commit uh, blasphemy in Eden? Hello? I'm going to show you now I'll give you a half an hour Bye Who is going to commit blasphemy in Eden? It has it turned out if you look at the list who is the one I ask you now? Who do you think the one, uh, apart from adultery with Eve, what kind of, what, from all the six, which one, and I'm waiting for your, for your answer, which one uh, Adam can, can violate or should, uh, in Eden? So wh why, so from all the six we say, the last, say, blasphemy he cannot do, injustice he cannot do. So which one he can do, in, which one of them he can commit, in, in Eden. Let me let me see what you think. You can write me your answer. 
Yeah, idolatry. Idolatry. That's the only one he can commit in in but the only one left left actually. That's the only one he could when he was alone, with no Eve around, he couldn't even commit adultery. So the only thing he had is adultery. But let me ask you again. Adam we saw we saw the godly the, the face he was facing Hashem, he was the son, the child of a in Eden, the child under the wing of the, the, the cherubs, right away. So, and he, he named them. He named Elohim, uh, he named Hashem, uh, he gave the name of the king. So, uh, what kind of idolatry he can commit, he can commit in, uh, in, uh, in Eden. Can he worship uh, stone and wood? He's not fool enough. He's not that fool. Can he worship a star and a moon? It's not that fool. So what can what kind of sin he can do to to violate idolatry? Let me let me pose that question and see what you say. What he would do in order to violate idolatry? Partnership. Believe in whom? Who, who can he? Yeah. Uh, well. Uh, partnership in a sense that uh, he can, yeah, he can, be, he can follow his passion, disobey, worship himself to convert. Yeah, so uh, think that he himself is a partner. Everything, all and all that is fine. Himself, very good. All this, what you, all this point that you mentioned is is a is has to do with idolatry. Absolutely right. And if it, and that's what that's what he, he actually did when he ate the fruit. So uh, so when he when 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 Hashem Elohim commanded him not to now he has under as a king Hashem commanded him not to eat the fruit. So we understand now that uh, violating his kipship, rebellion against the kipship is also a sort of idolatry. So uh, not only partnership, but now violating it's another aspect of the Torah, the story of the story of Eden actually tell you that everything you just mentioned is right. He's gonna worship himself, his passions and he, he, and, but but the main thrust I believe here uh, it, it's a new aspect of idolatry because uh, now we understand that idolatry the mere fact that he uh, that he uh, dare to challenge the, the the king and touch the touch touch the the, the the forbidden fruit that by itself is idolatry. So it's a new aspect of idolatry, which means violating, violating his king, my king law. And I would dare to do it. I would. Adam would never dare to do it against a tyrant, because a tyrant can actually cut his head off. But uh, against the king, well, a democratic king, democratic king, uh, promotes idolatry or promote rebellion you see uh, uh, when you heard, uh, that's true for any any democratic ruler uh, it promotes uh, opposition and now we see what 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 a new aspect new aspect of idolatry is opposition to the kingship 
Uh, it's not only partnership, but challenging the, 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 the role of Elohim himself. Uh, uh, and that uh, goes very, very deep. Because by the very fact that he was ordered, that by itself promoted uh, the, the rejection. And that's what the serpent is. That's why it's not, it's not incidental that the serpent or Satan or the rejection force in us that tell us to do the opposite of what the king, of what the king tells us to do. That, that, that Satan, that serpent is aroused by the fact that the, by the fact that the kingship appears to him weak by this uh, a mirage, this visual distortion that uh, it's tell to him, tell to the key, tell to the Satan, to the to the uh, to the opposite, to do the opposite, uh, uh, to do to this this opening that we spoke earlier by the fact that he consulted, he opened the door for reject for 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 the for the idolaters. So now we understand a little deeper what it means. He opened the door for for. For that's what we call Satan. It's Satan is not. Don't mix it with the European Satan. The Satan here is the the, the 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 incentive in us, deeply in our soul, to reject or to do the opposite. Oh, he tell me, he tell me. Why did he tell me to? The moment he told me not to eat from that fruit, you know, without him telling me not to do the don't touch the fruit, Adam probably would have never touched it. There was no charm in it. There are so many trees, why should go to that tree? Could be that for years and years he wouldn't even touch it. But the moment the king told him, don't touch that, that, that particular, eat from all of them. But don't touch that one. From that moment, uh, the, 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 this tree, I, 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 I submit to you, this tree became the most glorious sexual thing that you can imagine. This is, this is what Adam lasted more than anything else. Because Hashem told him, don't touch it. So the, 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 the serpent in him, the, 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 the drive to do the opposite, came because of inkeepship. You remember the story of the angels? And the angel actually predicted that. Because the angel said, don't, don't make him because uh, you want peace, so he would do the opposite of peace. Uh, you you want uh, you want him to to give charity? Will do the opposite of charity. Uh, so everything you want him, he do the opposite. So so they saw that by by this weakening posture of the Almighty, uh, there is a possible for Satan of serpent to raise his head, because under the tyrant. There was no serpent. The serpent was was called the other side in Hebrew, in in in, in the Zohar. The other side it was it was potential, but never existed. But once he became a king, this Sitrahacha, this uh, the other side, the, the serpent, the Satan in us, uh, this drive to do the opposite, the charm, the the magic in doing the opposite. Is, is, is entices us in us because of this consultation, because of, of this weakening posture, and that's the story of Adam. Uh, so so here here we, we, we all, the, the book the, the story of Adam already sheds shine, shedding so much light now on, on the new on what king what the idolatry is. Idolatry is uh, idolatry is a uh, is a, as I said, partnership. 
the, first of all, the conception that the Elohim is weak, that he needs partner, that they are partner, that are forces higher than him or, or equal to him or, or anyhow important forces. And there are other forces that, forces that may not even relate it to Elohim, and they are also powerful. That's another sort of idolatry, because he is weak. And then now we learn that the, 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 the very fact that he become king uh, is the fair is is uh, is opening a window to to and he start to 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 uh, to tell us what to do to give us commandment so we do the opposite and that's Satan that's the darkness so you here is a definition of the, of 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 Satan Satan or the serpent you know what it is and come to the Zohar is where the kingship doesn't reach. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful definition. The darkness where the kingship uh, is not there. There are clippers, there are, there are as if there are kind of thick layers uh, that, that the kingship uh, is stopped there uh, in our soul. And that side, that side of our soul that doesn't accept this kingship, the, and that's uh, the coat. It can't, I'll tell you where it comes from. Uh, it, you know what it comes from? Clipper, Clipper, uh, in the story of Eden, in the story of Sixth Day, uh, all the creatures believed, all the creatures believed, uh, obeyed, obeyed the tyrant. He said, let it be light, there was light. Uh, he said, let it be uh, fish, there were fish. But when he said, let, let all the tree, uh, uh, let, let all the tree be eaten, the trees actually didn't obey him because they develop a coat that a thick coat, celluloid coat, that cannot be eaten. And that's a kalipa in Hebrew. That's the, the, the rejection that represented the rejection of, of what Elohim said. That's the only example in the whole story of chapter 1 of possible rejection of what, what Elohim said. There is a possibility to reject even a tyrant. So how much more so, how much more so is possible to reject the, the democratic king? Okay, so we, we are, we are, I'm saying, I, I wrote here, rebellion or rejection is not possible against the king the tyrant. The rebellion is promoted by the perception of weak king. The serpent certain dare or even enticed to speak out only after under the Elohim, uh, the, uh, the king. So the kingship, democratic kingship, so to speak, promote, promote the uh, opposition. So that's the danger of, of democracy. Well, should we, should we go back to tyranny? No, no, no. If you go to tyranny, uh, the end of tyranny is always the tyrant is going to kill his own tyranny. Elohim will, will raise his sword and then in, in Kala he will finish us. The only way we can go out is to do to be the to win the next our trial is to get to the Sabbath and to make it very good uh, by being democratic and then uh, but then we have to overcome the opposition. So what is what is Rosh Hashanah, the kingship? We we ask him to be a king and the end of idolatry. Now we understand 
again, the theme of Rosh Hashanah that we just celebrated, that Rosh Hashanah is your day, is as much as much as my day. It's the a day that uh, we said we ask Hashem to 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 be the king, Hashem looking to be the king, and to end all the idolatry. Now you understand why why the, the concepts are combined. When he once he become once we everybody accept him as a king, so there will be no idolaters because everybody understand that this kingship is modesty, and uh, there is no other partner. There is no uh, there are no two, three or four gods there when he speak in plural. Uh, but there is only one God, only one God, no two, three, or four. Okay. Um, reflections before we stop today, before we leave. I, there, I want to, we will study, we continue with a uh, study of us, with God help next week, but some reflection. Reflection number one here, violating from the story, we have few minutes to go into all that. Violating, uh, somebody pause the, uh, uh, no, okay, violating all the commandments relevant to your life, violating. You see, in Eden, so what, what was the punishment of Adam? He had only, only one commandment, idolatry. Well, when if joined him, he violated also adultery when he, when she 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 cohabited with the uh, with the serpent. We'll discuss it. So the moment they they had they violated the only commandment they could they, they were relevant to their life. They have only two or one or two commandments in Eden, then they violated. They lose. They lost their right to live in Eden. And from here you can derive a, 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 another conclusion that any time you violate humanity, violate all the commandments that are relevant to their life, to our life, we will lose the right to live where we are. And that's the story of the flood. Because when the Noah came, when the flood came, humanity violated all the seven commandments, six commandments of Adam. We're gone. So that's why... Uh, they were doomed to lose, to be wiped out from the world because they, they were not saved. Once they violate all the seven, the sixth commandment, because Adam, Noah added the seven only after the flood, the seventh one. So once you once you violate all the commandment, you are thrown out. You are thrown out from like like Adam and Eve were thrown from from Eden. Reflection number one. Reflection number two. Adam did not disobey the infinite or the judge or the merciful one. He disobeyed the king, which he himself enthroned. Another reflection. Idol worship people. We never worship the infinite or the judge or the creator or the merciful one, or we never worship the Father, but we worship, we worship the King, which means we chant for the King, we bless the King, uh, we, we pray for the King, but we never pray for the infinite, we never pray to the judge, he doesn't need our prayer, he will, he will do anything he wants anyhow, but you pray to the King. Uh, and the king of the universe. All the Jewish prayers are addressed to the king of the universe. The king would interfere with our affair, but not the infinite one, not the judge. Uh, he will not interfere, 
and not even the merciful one, not even the father, but the king would. So accepting kipshi means that you, uh, you are, the king also is bothered about what you do. He controls his kingdom. So kingship is the closest to us because he, he interferes, that's why we worship him. We worship, and that's the point, we worship with passion and devotion, not the infinite, not the judge, and not the merciful one or the father. We worship with passion and devotion, our glorious, majestic king. So we sing to the king as a passion of faith. The passion is always towards, towards I think we, we, we finish our time. Um, and uh, you can read it, bowing, worshipping, singing is only for the king. We are born to enthrone the king over us. If we err, we, we, and if we don't, we don't, we don't choose the, uh, the right king, we will have other kings. So uh, idol worshipping is actually is a battle between kingships. Do I, do I worship myself this king or another false king? And another question we need to address, can I accept the kingship of, of Hashem without Elohim? If, if, and we, we already said that this is the story of Enosh, we'll learn maybe next one. So here we come to the story of Enosh, which called Hashem help. We will learn it about the next week. Good, any questions for me before we, we I think we, we passed our time. Uh, when, when, he, when he chose Chava over Hashem, that was idolatry. Well, uh, it could be. I don't. Yeah, uh, that. But I don't know if he chose Chava or he or he followed his own passion. Okay, thank you so much, and uh, um, and uh, we will continue the topic of idolatry. And uh, and there is so much to learn about that, and the partnership, and uh, and if the question is to worship the merciful one, or can I can I worship only Elohim, and forgetting about uh, about the merciful one? Uh, can I split the kingship? And what will happen to me if I do that? All right, with God help, the same channels, the same time next week. Have a good week. Bye.